And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Beat. The Bills are going into this weekend's game, a Saturday afternoon, late afternoon game against the Denver Broncos, where they're on the road with the chance to clinch the AFC East for the first time since 1995. It was their goal at the beginning of the season. Obviously, goals have kind of shifted to where now people are thinking a bit bigger than just the division, and rightfully so. But the Bills can check that thing off their list um, for a for what they've been trying to accomplish since Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott took over. My name is Joe Biscali. With me is my podcast co-host, Matthew Fairburn, and we are here to somewhat preview the Bills-Broncos game because it doesn't really seem like it's moving the meter too much, but I don't know how much I can really blame a lot of you because after the Steelers' victory for the Bills, you know, it's it's pretty clear that people have bigger things in mind. So, you know, I, I, after talking it over with, with Matt before the show, we figured it was a good chance to talk about who to watch over these next few weeks because... It, the odds are very much in favor of the Bills being in the playoffs and hosting a playoff game, but who they're inevitably going to face, that is still completely up in the air. So there's a lot of things to consider here with seeding and potential opponents and who might be good to face for them, who might match up poorly with them. So all all different things. So, um, so Matthew, when, when you're looking at the playoffs and what is ahead of the Bills in, in the coming weeks um, and what they could potentially face. I think where we'll start this is uh, is just what should they be aiming for and what should they um, be content with if if that highest aim doesn't doesn't come about. Yeah, I think this is a you know th- this type of game. A lot of people think has the potential to be that sort of trap game for the Bills, right? Where, you know, they're mm-hmm. they're looking ahead and and all these different things, but I don't know, maybe I would have bought that a few weeks ago when the Broncos were a little bit healthier and traveling to Denver seemed like it might be a little bit tricky. I even thought that at the beginning of the year depending on how the Broncos looked, but you know, with what you talk about in the playoffs, like this is something where I think this team is really locked in on what's in front of them. The fact that not only can they clinch a playoff spot, they can clinch the division and they're chasing not just the division, but seeding here. Um, Right now, according to football outsiders, they're most likely to get the number three seed 
based on the simulations, but they still have an outside shot at the number two seed. It would just require the Steelers losing a few times. And they're really trying to avoid that four seed. Uh, Obviously, the key to the number two seed, it's no longer a first round bye as it used to be, but it's two home playoff games instead of one, assuming they, they win the division. The weird thing about it is I don't know that it's necessarily a better matchup. You know, that's kind of a coin flip at this point. We don't know who is going to land where. And so it's hard mm-hmm. to say for sure. I think if you're playing that game, you're you're having a tough time, right? You're you're playing a guessing game. But I do think it is very much a, you know, it, it's about the home field aspect. And so they could be in a situation where they head into week 17 wondering, should they rest their starters to get, you know, a semi bye week heading into the playoffs, or should they go for it on the off chance they get the number two seed? You know, how much that that becomes worth it is a big question. But uh, a lot of this, a lot of the next few weeks is going to be about, you know, the Bills as a team, the players certainly won't have wandering eyes about the playoffs or who they might land with, but I can I can tell fans already do, uh, as they should, right? You're, uh, for the first time in a long time, Bills fans are in a spot where they're not thinking about the playoff scenarios in terms of whether the Bills will make it. They're looking at them in terms of who the Bills will play because really the next game that means a real significant amount to the Bills is going to be that playoff game. And, then, you know, that's assuming they don't – I mean, they have like a 90 eight percent chance to make the playoffs or something crazy like that so they're basically in uh and you know people are kind of trying to figure out who they're gonna who they're gonna see and i don't know i guess who do you when you look at the other teams in the afc who scares who should scare the bills the most uh who's the best matchup and and who's the one that they should be hoping for yeah that's um that's a that's a big a big thing here because it doesn't seem like there's an easy out for for the Bills. The, the AFC is really stinking good this season. And before I before I get into that, one thing that you said that kind of triggered me a little bit, um, just in terms of like got, got the mind working. Um, when you said the whole idea of manufacturing a buy for themselves, teams that have clinched already have such an advantage to do that in week six and 16 and 17 or just week 17 here because of the practice squads and the call-ups and you could essentially replace the whole of your roster and give all of these guys a, a week off that you wouldn't normally be able to just because you can call up the amount of players that you need to to get them out of the lineup completely which that's a that's an extreme advantage for teams that are that are clinched that I hadn't previously thought of. So so thank you for for making me think of that. But um, in terms of what the Bills would most like to see, I would probably think that the Miami Dolphins are the one that they would like to see above all else, and it would take some work from the Dolphins, and it would probably uh, take the Ravens to cool off, which it doesn't seem like is going to happen. But when, when I look at the dolphins, they are the, the least stressful opponent from what the bills do. Um, all the other opponents have something in common, that being the Titans, the Colts, the Browns, 
and the Ravens. And I'm not going to count the Raiders anymore after they lost to the Chargers on on Thursday night. Um, they still have a chance, but you know, they, I don't really think without Derek Carr that they're going to get in. So the thing that those other four teams have in common is that they are extremely good at running the ball. And that is an area that the Bills have really struggled to stop. Now, they have been better over the last few weeks, and that's very much their credit. They basically thwarted the Steelers altogether on the ground, but the Steelers' offensive line has been kind of playing horrible uh, as of late, and they've all but abandoned the run um, over the last few weeks. And and that Bills' result certainly plays into their theories there. But the Dolphins don't have that. I mean, they have capable runners in Gaskin, and um, Salvan Ahmed, Matt Breida, maybe, but they don't really have the offensive line that can push the Bills around potentially, and they don't have the running back to really push them through. The Titans, the the Browns, the Colts, the Ravens—they all have that stuff, and the Ravens are a different challenge in themselves. But so if I if I had to think, there was one team that the Bills want to see on. The fir- in the first round of the playoffs, it's the Miami Dolphins. and But the unfortunate part is, I think they are the most likely team to drop out of the playoff contention, especially with how Baltimore's playing and with some of the Dolphins' schedule coming up. Yeah, I think actually, you know, if, if I were to split it into tiers, it would be, it would probably just be two tiers. The, the tier of teams that the Bills should have very little trouble with and the tier of teams that it's a little bit murky. I do think, full disclosure, teams are probably feeling some type of way about seeing the Bills in the playoffs. You know, the Bills are probably a team not a lot of teams are looking at, hoping to run into, uh, having to come up to Orchard Park in January and and play against this offense. Uh, I think they're going to be a tough out for just about anybody in the AFC. And I think... They should be favored in their first round matchup, uh, almost no matter what. Uh, they're going to be playing at home, and I really think they'll be favored against any of these teams that we're talking about. I agree with you that the Dolphins are probably the best matchup for them. We've seen them, uh, you know, own the Dolphins. We've seen Josh Allen, you know, crush them even before this year. And obviously, the Dolphins have gotten a lot better on defense, and they're playing a lot better for sure. But that's just a team that Josh Allen's really comfortable against. You'd be talking about a rookie quarterback uh, coming to play in Buffalo, you know, in the cold. I, I just or fits <laughs> or fits, yeah, one or the other, right? It would be uh, either way. Uh, you would think Sean McDermott's defense would have an advantage there. The other team that I think belongs in this category, you know, after I kind of went through these all, you know, in depth this week, I think it's the Colts. Like, yeah. I don't think the Colts are – I don't think they do anything exceptionally well. They play good defense. Uh, that's definitely, you know, something to that they can hang their hat on. But I don't think they play such good defense that Josh Allen and this passing offense would have a huge problem with them. Uh, they're not the Steelers' defense. So the Colts, I don't know. They, they've got Phillip Rivers at quarterback who's, you know – seen some defense and and certainly wouldn't be overwhelmed by anything the Bills threw at him from a scheme standpoint. But I just don't know how much he's got left uh, to take yeah. this team somewhere. So that to me is a matchup that is not particularly scary on paper for the Bills. 
certainly would be a tough game. A well-coached team, a veteran quarterback, a good defense, uh, some good O-linemen, some playmakers, uh, more than worthy uh, AFC contender for sure. But I, I, I think the Bills match up pretty well against them. The other three teams are in that that other tier of, you know, that would be a pretty tough matchup. Uh, the Ravens, the Titans, and I think the Browns have worked their way into that that category as well. I think you could make an argument that the Browns are the toughest of the three uh, as a matchup. I would, actually. As a matchup. Yeah. Maybe not the best team, maybe not the most well-equipped team to make a deep run into the postseason, but in terms of knocking off the Bills, they're right up there. You know, they've got a really nasty offensive line. They can really run the ball. Baker Mayfield's playing better. Uh, he's playing really well, actually, uh, not just better. And Kevin Stefanski's a great offensive play caller. They run a lot of the concepts that, you know, occasionally give the Bills trouble on defense. So that's a, a bit of a, a tricky matchup, especially that offense against the Bills defense. And like you talked about, it's the teams with the big offensive lines, the the physical running games that would turn it into a dogfight with the Bills and, and kind of, you know, make it a little bit of a struggle in that way. The, the Browns also have a great pass rush, which is almost more important than a good secondary against the Bills because I don't know that there's too many secondaries that are covering these receivers anyway. Mm-hmm. But it's the pass rushing teams that have made life a little bit tough on Josh Allen. Miles Garrett... Uh, Sheldon Richardson, Olivier Vernon, that's a good front. That's why I think the same about the Ravens. Uh, Their defense has been banged up and not playing its best lately, but everybody knows what that group can be when they all get on the field at the same time. They have a great defensive coordinator. Uh, Offensively, the Ravens against the Bills defense, I think the Bills defense showed last year against a much better Ravens offense that they can handle that, uh, and they can handle that, you know, Lamar Jackson-led team but that feels like a Ravens team that is starting to find itself and oh for sure it is and that's a kind of a a scary thought kind of the the post hype team that gets hot at the right time and this is mostly just narrative talk right this is um you know kind of patterns you see over the years but it never seems like it's when the team first bursts onto the scene even as we saw with the Bills last year that they get in there uh, you know, their first go round in the playoffs and, you know, they struggle a little bit. Something about this Ravens team, not a lot has changed about it. The results haven't been great, but not a lot has changed from a personnel standpoint. It's still a really talented team. Lamar Jackson starting to find himself a little bit again. It, I, it doesn't strike me as a team you should want to run into, particularly in the first round. And the same kind of goes for the Titans that, this team that's kind of slogged through the year hasn't looked great. Defense has been up and down, but you saw what they could do last year. And a lot of those same pieces still in place and, you know, kind of a battle tested group this time of year. So those two, I think are a little bit above the Browns, but I'd hear an argument for the Browns, uh, particularly given what they can do on offense and how that might be a problem for Buffalo's defense. Yeah, I I was actually um, I I popped onto uh, our friend of the show Matt Perino's podcast a few weeks ago, um, and this was 
before the Browns had really hit their stride, but just seeing what, what they are able to do to teams and how capably they can run the ball and having two dynamic running backs that they can just filter in. And they're basically, you know, with all due respect to Sean McDermott's um, words about Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay this past week being one of the best in the league, they don't come anywhere close to what Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt um, can do out of that backfield and especially behind that offensive line with how powerful and how well they're playing right now. So the Browns to me are a are a super super uh intriguing matchup in terms of I don't know that the Bills are going to want to see them. Now, there are a couple of things that happen with this Bills team. Like their Achilles heel throughout the season has been their run defense, right? So, uh the defensive tackles particularly up the middle, they have struggled there. Now, the past few weeks Ed Oliver has been playing lights out since week seven so he's he's going but they needed a a one technique type to step up and vernon butler over these last three weeks has looked really good and has shown an ability like i don't have the stats in front of me um but i i put them together over his in i think against the um two weeks ago uh vernon when vernon butler was on the field um he they allowed under three yards a carry and the same thing went last week and one of those big runs against the bills defense when vernon butler was on the field was when aj klein missed a tackle at the line of scrimmage and it ended up going for 18 yards um so if you had take if if you imagine that aj klein had made that play it would have brought the yards per carry um for the opposition against vernon butler two weeks ago to under two yards a carry. So if he can continue that, that's a huge thing. But that's kind of been the story of his career. Inconsistency, showing flashes, uh, all these different things. Maybe he's found a home at that one technique spot. Maybe he has finally thought, come to come to grips with the fact that he's best suited at that one, te- one technique spot over three technique. But, you know, whatever the case may be, um, they need him to continue playing at that level. But that's going to be a huge thing, especially when you look at the Browns. I mean, Nick Chubb is a monster. He is so good. And he can make good defenses look bad. Good run defenses look bad. So uh, that, to me, for for that reason, and what you brought up, the pass rush, Miles Garrett is is playing at an insanely high level right now. When you have those elements to your team working against the Bills, who... Josh Allen likes to hold on to the ball quite a bit. Didn't do it as much against the Steelers, and we saw his his passing, um, his passing consistency and his passing game go down when he held on to the ball for longer than two point seven eight seconds. Um, I think he was six of nineteen for fifty five yards when when he held on the ball over two point seven eight seconds this past week. When when you see that against a good pass rush like the Steelers, it makes you think, all right, well, you're going to be altering what the Bills like to do on offense, and you're going to be challenging their biggest weakness on defense. So uh, the Titans are are solid, don't get me wrong, but their defense just really isn't there. Jadavion Clowney, I think he's done for the year. Um, so, so that's a big blow to them. Their pass rush hasn't been great. And the Ravens, they have had some injuries on the defensive side of things 
and they can manufacture a pass rush and their offensive line isn't as good as the Browns. So that's why I'm thinking the Browns, they're the team that I don't think the Bills want to see. And of course they would want to avoid the Wyatt Teller revenge game because it would be real. And the sunbathing WW Teller to would be spectacular. Teller. You did not <laughs> want that man warming up on your field, topless in January, <laughs> sending those intimidating vibes across the sideline like like only William Wyatt Teller can. It's a it's an interesting I'll tell you what, that game on Monday night was, you know, one of the best games I've seen all year between the Browns and the Ravens. Uh, one of the most entertaining games of the year, I think. Um, the Bills have played in a few of those as well. Uh, and all I could think about when I was going through the potential matchups was this is going to be a fun game, pretty much no matter who they run into. Almost the funny thing is probably the out of the games, the ones that seem like it might be the least entertaining, it's probably the one we talked about at the top with the Dolphins. It's probably the one that's the the one that would give right. the, the fans the least amount of uh, stress is probably the one that would be the least entertaining. But there could be some fun games. Uh, with the way the Bills play offense and, and the way they could stack up to some of these defenses, I think they could they could you know really – the AFC playoffs look like they're going to be fun. Um, and, mm. you know, that if, if that game Monday night is any indication, then uh, we're certainly in for some entertaining football. It, I think, you know, the Browns and Ravens is kind of a, a, a case of – who would you rather see? Because in terms of what would you rather the Bills be able to do? I think they would be better defensively. This is kind of funny to say, but I think they would be better off defensively against the Ravens. Uh, I think they would be better off offensively against the Browns. So, you know, if they want to, if you're the type that wants to see them really leaning into their strength uh, come playoff time, I think, you know, a game against the Browns is, is probably the one, and, and it probably ends up being a little bit more high scoring because the Browns can run the ball and they do have the type of offense that I think could give the Bills some problems. The Ravens might have the better offense uh, than the Browns. Mm-hmm. It's debatable, um, but the fact that the Bills showed that they could handle that offense to a certain degree last year, they they allowed like 133 rushing yards, but I think it was on 30 something carries, so it was a a pretty efficient performance in run defense against the team that was running all over everybody. Lamar Jackson did throw for three touchdowns in that game last year, but uh, that offense hasn't been clicking in the same way. So you would think that scheme-wise, it's not like they're going to be caught off guard by by Lamar Jackson and and what he does. So uh, I don't know. I think both of those those two teams are are interesting, probably because they just played the most entertaining game of the year. You, you know, you wonder mm-hmm. what it would look like if the Bills ran into either one of them. And um, those are also probably the two most likely, I should add, uh, because the Bills are most likely to get the three seed, uh, as I mentioned, uh, based on football outsider simulations. And if you look at the probabilities, you know, and combine those AFC North teams, they're the most likely to get the six seed followed by uh, the two AFC South teams. So if the Bills land in the three seed, there's a pretty good chance that they'll see either the Ravens or the Browns, depending on how things shake out in the final few weeks. And the Ravens have an easy schedule uh, to finish the season. They have the Jaguars. I think they have the Giants. And 
somebody else that's pretty lousy. Maybe the Jets. No. Probably probably the Bengals since it's They do, division. yeah. They have the Bengals. That's who it is. So it's the Bengals, the Giants, and the Jaguars uh, this week. So Giants, a mildly tough game, but there's a pretty realistic chance they win three in a row, which might be good for the Bills. Maybe they can get that five seed. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah, um, and the the Steelers are taking on the Browns too. Which you know, if if the Browns can pull off that game, then that means the Bills are have have a very real chance at getting to the two seed. But if they do not, then that probably shifts the Ravens up forward. But then it's like pick your poison. Do you would you rather play the Browns or would you rather play the Ravens? And I I do agree with you. I think the one. One area uh, of why they would want to play the Ravens is because there is a thing that they can prepare for, and they did it really well last year in terms of defensively. Like they were hell bent on not allowing Lamar Jackson to get outside the tackles. They did an extremely good job of it, and he had he still had a, a solid day against the Bills last year, but it wasn't like anywhere close to his best. So uh, I think the Bills would would actually do quite well in in being able to prepare for a thing as opposed to the Browns, which do a bevy of different things. There, it's just different challenges one way to the next. I'll also agree with you w- about the Colts. I mean, their Col- their running game has come on as of late, and they have a good offensive line. But that secondary, they are able to be burned. They are, I think they've been giving up a lot of yards over the last five games through the air and that really lends itself to the bills being able to get into a shootout with the Colts and I would favor the bills passing attack against the Colts secondary as opposed to Phillip Rivers uh, T.Y. Hilton Michael Pittman and um, their gang of receivers against the bills secondary so um so yeah, I, I think the Colts and Dolphins are probably the optimal, but if it's the Browns or the Ravens, get ready for a fight because th- those are going to be some some pretty good games. But I think the, above all else, the Bills should really try to get to that that second seed, and and it's not in their control, but as it gives them the best chance of taking on a team like the Colts or a team like the Dolphins. And it also gives them the guarantee that if they win that first game, that they will have another home playoff game, which sets them up into a pretty good spot uh, 
one game out of the AFC championship race. So it's, it's a win out situation. And I think the, the bills players know what's ahead of them. Uh, they know that the, that second seed is a very real possibility. As long as the Steelers drop one game and, and they went out and there's even the outside chance of the chiefs, not, um, or, or the chiefs dropping a couple of games, but even if they, even if the chiefs do get that top seed and the buy, it's not a guarantee that they'll win the divisional matchup, which would make for both the bills avoiding the chiefs altogether in the playoffs and the bills hosting potentially the AFC championship game, which I, I don't know that I would have sat here in August and talked about this to this degree with you, but it's it's a real possibility here. Well, I think what you mentioned is the big deal with avoiding for a while. It looked like the bills might end up getting stuck in that four seed. And the problem with that is, you know, being in the two or three means you get to avoid the chiefs in the second round. And, you know, with the possibility of them losing in the second round, then, you know, all of a sudden all bets are off. So uh, avoiding them in, in the second round, I think, is a big deal. And yeah, you know, getting to the two seed, obviously optimal, right? You know, the, being able to get there and, you know, have a little bit more control over, you know, your environment, uh, playing at home for at least two rounds, provided they make it that far. Um, but, you know, the probably the the bigger advantage to being a two or a three seed is, is avoiding the Chiefs, especially considering there won't be a massive home field advantage, uh, though there were mm-hmm. some rumblings today from the governor that potentially they would uh, try to figure out a solution to, you know, have uh, some fans or whatever, but they've kind of been saying that all along. I wouldn't hold, hold your breath over it necessarily. Um, but the, what we're talking about with the, the Colts and the Dolphins kind of being the, the, the matchups that the Bills would probably want to see, that would mean that, you know, from a, you know, to focus it in on what should Bills fans be rooting for, you want the Colts to lose the AFC South. Uh, you don't want the Titans hanging around in the the bottom part of the conference, the the lower um, the lower seating there to potentially end up with that matchup. So the Titans play the Lions, the Packers, and the Texans to finish the season. Pretty good chance to win at least two of those games. Uh, the Colts play the Texans, the Steelers, and the Jaguars. So. Um, it's kind of a weird, uh, double, you know, that's why it's hard to sit here and say, oh, exactly what Bill's fans should root for in the final weeks, because there's some win-win scenarios in here, right? If the, the Colts beat the Steelers, that gives the Bills a better chance to get the number two seed. If the Steelers beat the Colts, well, that just means the Colts have less of a chance to win the South and, you know, potentially opens up the Bills to, um, you know, get them in the first round. So, it's hard to even know exactly what people are rooting for and this and that, but it's almost as if the next few weeks are are used for scouting purposes, right? You look around the league and right. kind of, you know, I'm sure there's people out there. I know people were commenting on the the article I did this week, kind of throwing out their, their favorite matchup or, you know, what they'd want to see. So um, it definitely these next few weeks are, are certainly good for that. And it's a better, better seat to be sitting in than Bill's fans usually are in, uh, doing the advanced calculus of figuring out the various scenarios they need to get the six seed. Yeah. The, um, 
the evil part of my brain actually like that stuff. But hey, you know, I'm 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 content with giving it a rest <laughs> until until the playoffs actually get here because that that was that was basically it for for the Bills for a long time. Getting into the playoffs was basically akin to winning the Super Bowl. And while it's not the same at all, that's basically what it felt like because it was so rare for this franchise to do it. And now that they're here, and not clinched totally just yet, but one win or one Miami loss is going to do it for them. They're, they're going to not only clinch a playoff spot, but clinch a home playoff game and the AFC East. So for them, this is a bit of a, a different frontier. But again, it does start this week. And while this Bills-Broncos game isn't exactly moving the meter for a lot of people, I mean, it's it's just kind of a, a blah game, right? I mean, the Broncos, for the most part, stink their their quarterback is, i'm sorry to you because of miz i know their quarterback is not good um they had quite they, the game last week i it's not don't look at the box score <laughs> he his 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 season has been basically a train wreck this year um and that's not ideal uh and he's also been kind of dealing with an injury but like even even some of his touchdowns were just busts by the coverage, and he took advantage of it to his credit. But I, I didn't really see he doesn't really target his receivers a lot, which is a problem. Um, he well, likes his receivers to, aren't that great. I'll I say mean, this J- about Drew Lock: the discourse Jerry around Drew awesome. Lock is a, a, a very similar conversation to what we heard about Josh Allen in his first two years, and I don't think they're one to one comparisons as players, but big arm um you know he's he can move around uh, he's not quite the athlete that that Josh Allen is he doesn't run that way but uh, i think there are you know some similarities in terms of you know the the discourse surrounding them through their first two years as it, as it pertains to this week i think he's a nightmare matchup against the bills secondary like i nightmare matchup for drew lock like i don't think i don't anticipate this being a good thing for him i think he's still figuring out how to diagnose and take advantage of of various coverages um he's been without Cortland sutton this year a guy that he leaned on a lot down the stretch last year uh, when he started heating up so he's had some good games they can make some big plays because they do have you know some speed um, you know, outside and, and Locke has a big arm, but this seems like just a, a terrible matchup for him against the way that the Bills secondary is playing. It seems like it will not be good. Yeah. Um, so there's the Drew Locke factor. And then along with the Broncos having a lot of injuries that they've been dealing with this season. And it's also a Saturday late afternoon game. Like people aren't normally in the in it's not a habit to watch a a bills game on a saturday and so i think it's just people are just kind of like meh whatever this game if they win they win um but they'll probably win i think is the the main way a lot of people are looking at this thing but it does start with this game if they want to have 
really any chance at getting to that second seed and and having those opportunities that we were talking about about hosting multiple playoff games then they need to win out basically they they can't depend on the Steelers to not figure it out and to lose two of their next three they they just need the Steelers to lose one and they need to win the rest of their games that the formula is pretty simple there so I think when you look at the matchup it, it all starts with where you're talking about um how it's it's kind of a nightmare matchup for Drew Locke and it should be a good day for the Bills but I also think there's some uh I also think it might be a little bit more of a struggle for the Bills offense than some people might think with with this Vic Fangio defense yeah that you know the the Vic Fangio defense if they weren't so beat up in the secondary would actually be a tricky matchup uh for the Bills and you know I think you know I'm curious to see how how Josh Allen handles it how how Vic Fangio defends him because this is a Broncos team that really has nothing to lose and a defensive coach with some creative ideas and a you know good track record of uh you know confusing quarterbacks and and making quarterbacks uh look not so great especially when his defenses are healthy and and clicking so you know they're pretty beat up in the secondary they're down to like three healthy cornerbacks here but Vic Fangio and what he throws at Josh Allen I am pretty interested to see that because uh you know as we've talked about over the last few weeks Defensive coordinators have tried a lot of different things with Josh Allen. Earlier in the year, some of it was working. Lately, not a lot's working uh, that people are throwing at him. And Fangio doesn't, he's not in a position like the Steelers are where, you know, there's, you know, this pressure to win the game and, you know, everything else. I feel like Fangio can kind of get a little bit crazy with it if he wants to, because what does he have to lose? He's got, and he's almost going to have to get a little bit out of the box with what he does because the team is so beat up in the secondary. So uh, I think it could be a, you know, a good data point from that standpoint, you know, when it comes to uh, evaluating Josh Allen and, and, you know, where he stands heading into the playoffs and probably a good, you know, game to, to look at, you know, potentially depending on how Fangio does against him, if he does a terrible job uh, or if the Broncos defense just can't match up, uh, it's not going to be anything that anybody looks at, but he has the pot- potential to provide not an entire blueprint because I don't think they're going to shut Josh Allen down, but some pieces of one maybe for a future opponent down the road. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, th- this is you know, they have a ton of injuries, but they are still a very well coached um, group that can that can get some things done, and that might be able to actually frustrate them for at least a, a portion of time. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, let's get to the the prediction. Uh, This game, higher totals than I was expecting, if I'm honest. Um, The total of the game, 49 points. The Bills favored by 6 points. The individual team totals are 27 and a half for the bills 21 and a half for the broncos which was more than i was expecting um and the weather's supposed to be fine in the 40s sunny low wind uh so matthew fairburn for the prediction who wins who covers the spread and over or under i think the bills win this game handily uh i think They'll win it by a couple of touchdowns, uh, two scores at, at least. I I had it at thirty-four to twenty um, when I, you know, did a, a little back and forth preview with our Broncos writer. So that would be the over, and that would be the Bills easily covering the spread. Um, I think I would take the over on Cole Beasley props. Um, what's the know. What's the yardage on him? I don't even know what they are. I just I, I feel like he's going to hit the over. Um, yeah. I think I, I agree. I'm guessing they're hanging out in the 60s somewhere is normally where his are, uh, maybe even the 50s sometimes. Here's the big question. Will, will Tyler Bass get a chance to break the all-time longest field goal record in this game? <laughs> maybe. Because two of the longest field goals of all time were kicked out in Denver, a 64-yarder being the record and a 63-yarder from Sebastian Janikowski in 2011. I'd be curious to see if Tyler Bass could uh, could reach if, if he's given the opportunity, which isn't isn't a guarantee. You're not always going to get that chance in a game, but I think, you know, end of half type of situation is usually where you might see, um, you know, one of those long field goal tries. And um, I think he's got the leg to make it, but, uh, you know, if he gets the opportunity... That's a, an interesting side plot to this game for me. Oh, yeah. I I think maybe like at an end of half or something like that. Uh, I think maybe, that's when maybe... Prater did it. Was it oh, really? Half, I think, yeah. Well, so it was 64 yards when, when he um, did it. It's the most logical scenario to attempt that long field goal. Mm-hmm. There's not as much to lose in terms of field position. It would be really fun to to see them at least try it. Uh, so, good weather day you know like yeah. you mentioned it looks like it's going to be totally fine from a weather standpoint you know with no wind and 
elements that you can occasionally get this time of year in Denver. So not the perfect time of year in Denver to attempt a record, but that would be uh that'd be a pretty pretty cool feat for the young yeah. guy if they give him a chance. Yeah, I'm certainly into the idea. Um all right, for for this game, I'm I'm with you for, uh, for the most part. I think the Bills will win this game handily. I do think there are some potential uh pitfalls for the Bills offense in particular. Um, just watching how well Fangio has this team coached up. I mean, their passing offense really didn't get going until uh, the Panthers passing offense last week really didn't get going until um, they were down a couple of scores already in the middle of the third quarter. So they knew that they had to go into, into pass mode. Uh, so uh, the one thing they really do well is pass off um, receivers from one defender to the next and stay within their zone and not get taken advantage of. Um, so even though they are banged up, they, they still do it really well. Uh, the other thing is the activity around the defensive line. And Bradley Chubb, who is a really stinking good player and a, a good pass rusher, um, the way that he works and confuses offensive linemen on stunts and twists, um, he to me is one of the, is one of those guys to where the Bills could get frustrated early on. But I even though the Broncos have both of those things kind of going on for them, and Josh Allen will need to be careful against the the zone coverage that that they like to run. Uh, I do think this is a spot where Beasley can have one of his big games um, and that the Bills eventually figure it out, even if it's a little slow going at the start. Um, and then defensively, it's all about stopping the run. They should just stack the box against uh, against the Broncos, force Drew Locke to beat them, um, and focus, focus on him needing to... Uh, send the ball to his receivers which he has been hesitant to do even though jerry judy goodness gracious is he fun to watch like it seems like he has springs in his steps um and with how he's able to deceive defenders and on double moves that's going to be something that uh levi wallace and josh norman will have to be on the lookout for but if they are able to to do all those things, I think they'll be able to frustrate Drew Locke. It'll be a little bit of a slow go. Maybe the Bills don't pull away until late, but uh, I took the Bills 27 to 14, so get ready to boo me. I took the under uh, of the 49 points. I hate myself for it, but here we are. I took the under, the Bills to cover, and the Bills to win. No faith in garbage time Drew Locke to to rack up I'm, some garbage I mean, time that, points. That's true, but I don't know if the Bills are going to rush out to a lead to where he's got an ample amount of garbage time. That, yeah, that's my main concern. The over is almost always simplified to a bet, as I've talked about before, of will somebody hit 30? Uh, because that makes it a lot easier to hit most of these overs that, that we talk about. And uh, I think the Bills... I think they'll get there, but um, it is a it's, it's weird because I'm I'm with you on on Fangio's defense being a problem for you know matchup wise for the Bills, but the flip side of it is that they're you know he's basically rolling out a new corner this week because uh, they've been so banged up. So it's a little yeah, bit they of just a, lost they just lost nickel corner Duke Dawson and they played a safety at nickel uh, last week against the Panthers. Yeah, it's just a. Uh, 
he's a great coach and they have great defense and a great scheme, but there's only so much you can overcome uh, from a personnel standpoint, just Mm -hmm. especially seeing the way that these receivers are kind of taking it to some really good corners. Um, We'll see, but yeah, it could be, could be one of those games uh, that hovers right around that 49. That's a, a pretty good number. Yep. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, so the next time you'll hear from us will be after the game tomorrow night or early Sunday morning. You'll have it all for the, the drive on Monday. If you don't get to it on Sunday, we get it. I mean, you have lives. You're, you're busy. But uh, but yeah, if, if you listen to us on Sunday, thank you very much. If you listen to us on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday, thank you all the same. Um, all right. So... For Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Biscaglia. Thank you all for listening to this edition of the Buffalo Beat, and we will talk to you after the Bills and the Broncos game on Saturday night. See you then.